Come with us now, if you dare, down a rickety staircase into a dank, dark basement. What awaits the Saturday Night Freak Show? (laughs) Welcome back, ladies and germs, to the Saturday Night Freak Show podcast. Every Saturday night, it happens right here on your internet radio dial, on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, and many others, everywhere you can find us. Also on Facebook.com slash Saturday Night Freak Show, and on Twitter, at Sat Freak Show. If you like what you hear here, like what you hear here? Here, here, here. Leave us a star rating, uh, or let us know what you think. Uh, I'm Colin. I'm surrounded by the internet radio superstars, including... Jenny. Nick. Travis. And tonight we watch Travis's movie pick. What did we watch, Travis? The Fly, part two from 1989, directed by Chris Wallace. Who's Chris Wallace? He did the special effects for the first fly. And I want to say he also did Gremlins. He created the Gremlins. Yeah, he created Gremlins. Okay. And the fly. The fly. (laughs) Did he do anything else that we know of? Ah, uh, he might have worked on Hellraiser 2. That's why Christopher Young did the music for this. Maybe. Maybe. I'm not sure. I'd have to reference that, which he would do before a show. <laughs> <laughs> so this was his first, we're going to say his first directorial gig. Having worked I'm on the sure. first one, I was like, hey, we want to do a sequel to The Fly. And we don't want to pay anybody any money for it. So <laughs> how would you like to direct it? And we know there's going to be a creature effect in here. So you know creature effects. You should direct the movie. That's kind of how Which, it Which, you know, they do usually say a special effects guy directs, you know, the portions that are special effects anyway. So, you know. Yeah. Well, The First Fly is a movie directed by David Cronenberg from 86, and it's a fucking classic. You should check that one out for yep. sure. Um, but in it, Jeff Goldblum, yeah, you know, it's a, based on the Vincent Price 50s movie where a guy gets gene spliced with a fly, basically, by he invents a teleporter. and uh, Oh, gene splices, and he just switches a head in the, in the 50s. Yeah. All right, head and an arm. It really wasn't even, yeah. Because the little fly had, had the. Uh... <laughs> in the, uh... So they remade it in '86, which was just kind of uh, it was an odd way. I mean, it was a cool updating of it. You know, I mean, the idea that instead of you know once you get spliced with a fly, your head doesn't become like a fly head. You don't transfer. Yeah, body they parts. swapped. Yeah, in the in the fifties. Yeah, they didn't they, really gene splice. They swapped a head and a leg. Yeah, but the fifties one, you know, I mean, it's like it's okay. It's a decent kind of fifties right. monster movie. Mm-hmm. But the eighties one is like, oh yeah, that's yeah. that's the one. I mean, it had that's that whole the original fly had that whole. You know, the dude wore the fucking cloth over his head the whole movie. So when his wife got upset enough to to snatch it off and oh my god a fly there's a fly <laughs> yeah I remember that that was pretty cool that was really cool Vincent Price <laughs> said is in it but he's not the guy who actually switches the head and body parts of the fly yeah he like tells the story or something. and Jeff Goldblum and Gina Davis are in the Cronenberg's The Fly and that the setup of that movie leads us into this one where because he's been gene spliced with the fly uh, the idea that the teleporter can't determine 
like he builds a teleporter, but the problem with it is, is that it doesn't understand that you can have two different DNA sequences in the the machine at the same time. So it fuses them together, and then through the movie, he molts into this, you know, or transforms into this creature that's partially human, partially fly, but at a at a DNA level. And while having sex with Gina Davis. And that <laughs> gives us well. Even in the first one, I guess you know they kind of she gets all, pregnant. Yeah, it's all about aborting the the fetus of a deformed man, right? You know that's what like, <laughs> the whole story kind of turns into. Like I want it out of my body. Yeah, we don't know what it's gonna be. Could be a fly. Well, you were saying too that the first one's kind of like an allegory for like cancer or something. Someone. It's uh, someone who's dealing with a terminal illness. Is what the way the movie plays? Yeah, out. yeah, like a mm-hmm. leper and shit like that. Yeah. Your your body falling off. Yeah, but this movie just goes straight up monster movie. Yeah. So in this movie, then it picks up right whatever nine months yeah. after the first one, which probably even sooner than that if it's a accelerated growth mm. minus yeah. Gina Davis. Yeah. Yeah, Gina Davis was too good for this. <laughs> well, her character... Thanks, this, but no thanks. It's not spoiling anything, but her character dies on the operating table within the first... first before minute. the credits. Yeah. Was That's why she turned it down. She said that she didn't uh, have any character depth to the character for this movie, so she turned it down. Well, I wonder... Um, because I was just looking at the writing credits on the movie... And it seems like it went through, like, a number of different hands before we got to the one that, you know, we saw here. The first, this, the original idea was uh, created by Mick Garris. Mick Garris is known in horror circles for doing, you know, like, the Masters of Horror. He, like, he's a, a giant horror movie fan. Mm-hmm. And I think he had done Critters, too? Yeah. Prior to this? And so he wrote the original, I'm assuming, screenplay, which was rewritten by Jim and... John Wheat, who had just come off of Predator. They thought, wrote Predator at this I thought, point. I thought that was like Jim Thomas. Or, or Thomas. Was it Thomas? Or yeah. They say Wheat? yeah, Jim and John Thomas. I want to say it was the guys who wrote the the movie Predator. And then that was re- rewritten by Frank Darabont, so, who did Walking Dead and The Mist and The Blob and Nightmare on Elm Street okay. 3 and all that. But I'm guessing that the... The script that Gina Davis turned down was one of those previous, you know, by those previous yeah. writers, and then they said, well, they right, just, she's not, she's not in it, so let's just whack her off in the beginning here. Right. Well. So Eric Stoltz plays uh, Martin Brundle, which is now the accelerated fly kid. He's the fly boy. Yeah. Fly boy. And I'm assuming he got cast because he had done Mask with Cher, where he, like, wore a lot of makeup. Yeah, could be, right? I figured because it didn't, he didn't have anything going on because he got kicked out of Back to the Future. Oh, right. Zing. right? And they did call him Marty in the movie. <laughs> the security guard goes, "Hold on there, Marty." <laughs> Ouch. Well, I think he is a like a weird enough. You know, if you're supposed to believe that this kid has only grown up in a scientific environment, I mean. I think Eric Stoltz is that dude somehow, you he know. He's kind of creepy. He's fucking weird. He's a weirdo kid. But he also kind of, he's able, as an actor, he's one of these guys who can, I mean, I can see why you gravitate toward him for this type of role, because he, he projects some kind of intelligence, right? I mean, that's what mm-hmm. the character has to be. It's like, you're the son of a super genius. And you got to be an uber super genius. Yeah. 
So he's uh, raised and he's accelerating in his growth. Uh, I want to say, like, you know, by the time he's five years old in this movie, he's Eric Stoltz. Mm -hmm. Another actor plays him before this. But he's adopted by a um, corporation. Bartok Industries. Those are the the people that Seth Brundle was pretty much getting money for for the telepods. Like, Bartok was going to own the telepods anyway. Once, uh, once Seth Brundle got him to work. Did they, in the first movie, I don't remember. I mean, I remember the first movie pretty well, but I'm, maybe I'm blanking out. Like, uh, did they ever say what Bartok Industries, like, what they were all about? Because in this movie, it seems like they've got, you know, this, specimens. Yeah. And in this they, movie, they're, they're like Monsanto. You know? I mean, they... Uh, Sorry. I mean, in, in, even in the movie, when... Uh, when the whole plans are revealed to that Bartok wants Martin to turn into the fly. And they say, once we figure out the telepods, Bartok industries will control the form and function of every living organism on the face of the earth. I mean, they are like a Monsanto, like people. What did that mean? What did you get? Well, well, I mean, that's why I call them Monsanto. You know, even now Monsanto is the real corporation that's patenting, Every living life form, they're they're just you know they're like destroying real tomatoes, but patenting their tomatoes, and those are going to be the only tomatoes in the world, Monsanto tomatoes. So that's what Bartok is. That's an interesting take. I didn't get that out of the movie, but maybe that's like so. If we can sequence everyone's DNA through the teleporters, we can patent it. Yeah, Mm -hmm. we can. You know, we will. Yeah, that's not a bad idea for sure for movie concept. I was kind of confused by the, um, at one point, you know, because I mean, in the, in the original movie, which I think we have to consider because this is the sequel to it, that, you know, they set up that, uh, this is a, a you know, a teleporter, right? Mm-hmm. It's going to revolutionize travel, beam from here to there, mm-hmm. be broken down here and reconstructed here. Uh, in this movie, they talk about like, uh, do they ever really talk about them as teleporters? Because the original thing that I remember the guy talking about was like uh, that you were going to be able to revolutionize surgery. Imagine surgery where hmm. you don't have to cut people over, open uh, anymore. Microbiology uh, and they were thinking bigger. So it'd be like we would deconstruct your DNA here, hold you in the computer, fix what's wrong fix with what's you, wrong with and you. reconstruct you over here with that problem eliminated. Yeah, that's actually now that we're sitting here talking about it. I think coming out. I don't know if that's clear in the movie. If you yeah, guys got because I, I I remember in the original one it was supposed to be just teleporting. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Well, so but in this one he figured out that you know you could take good DNA from one person and then get rid of your bad DNA and put it in the other guy yeah. in your hole again. So yeah. Well, I'll have to get to that because that, <laughs> I, I have some thoughts on that. But the uh, so they've rescued the telepods from the Jeff Goldblum movie. And uh, I want to say that he had three in that movie. There were two with the uh, transparent doors and one the prototype. Well, one was the prototype that mm-hmm. he used to be the. Uh... And that's the one that, he, that, that they have in this movie. They've got the original one and the prototype, one with the, the opaque door. Because Brundle destroyed, I think, the middle one right at the end of the first movie. Oh. So they've got these telepods, 
and they're trying to, you know, like figure out how to get them to work because the conceit of the movie is that because Brundle, Jeff Goldblum is dead, somehow the the instruction set for how this works it was lost. Yeah, because they always use like poetic science, right? The whole like. <laughs> I have to teach the computer to love the flush, you know, babies, you know, grandma's pinch of babies. And then this, he talks about how Eric Stoltz talks about how the scientist, uh, oh God, how the fuck did he put it? <laughs> what did he say? He's like, they were asking the right question. It wasn't until they, you know, I was just like, yeah, what they were the thinking fuck? about it logically or mm-hmm. something like that, but they had to step back. See the beauty of it. Yeah, the beauty. It's like, huh? That wasn't as good. Is that science? <laughs> I need to teach the computer to love to get excited about the flesh. Excited about the flesh. Yeah. yeah it's like, what? <laughs> well, that was one of the things I guess that was bothering me about the movie was the idea that, like, oh, in in the first movie, they solve the problem that this movie has for at least an hour. Uh, you know, it's like whenever we put anything into the teleporter, it appears on the other side as goop. Mm-hmm. You know, even though we're putting, you know, live dogs in it, they're coming out the other side all fucked up. Yep. It's, it's not explaining why, because I guess in the first one, he puts a monkey through and mm-hmm. it comes through. And like, it comes inside, inside out. out. Yeah. Because the thing doesn't know how to mm-hmm. reconstruct it correctly. So he solves that in the original movie, like halfway through it right like mm-hmm. those are working teleporters he can he goes through multiple times and you know he just didn't you know teach it that there could be two uh separate patterns in the thing so in this movie it's like everybody's forgotten how to do that so it's like we have to go back to where the original movie started and it's try like to figure out again something for brundle to, or martin to work on basically right yeah when uh when bartok uh Gives him his own job. It's basically to basically finish his father's work. Yeah, because they can't. They're at a log jam. Like they can't mm. figure this out. So it's like maybe if we get the kid to do it. The uh, the head of the company is Mister Bartok, and he adopts the kid. And he says, "You'll call me Mister Bartok, and I'm going to be your dad." And well, yeah, but he's like, the rest of the yeah, movie, yeah. me as your dad." It's Mr. Bartok. He never has a first name. I just thought that was weird. <laughs> well, I thought it was weird that the absolute head of the company would take such a personal, like, it's like Bartok Industries. This is Mr. Bartok. <laughs> like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. But I've, I don't know. I think that's what I've always liked about this movie when it comes to, like, the separation between uh, the first fly and, uh, and this one. It's just the idea that. This is just the the idea of a kid growing up in a uh, just a scientific like just a science uh, as as a science project, kind of without knowing it. And you got this big corporation guy that's posing as a loving father, just to kind of get him through like whatever tests or you know just to you know he he wants martin brundle to trust them you know mm-hmm. unquestionably so oh well, you know i think it's time i meet him and you know it makes a, a personal connection with this guy whereas martin brundle's never met his father he's got this kind of corporate head posing as a father mm-hmm. and then uh you got that kind of cool part where uh martin finds the the animal test laboratory and he kind of befriends that dog 
and then he sees the dog get tested on the uh, tran- the the transportation device and become all mutilated and somehow I mean it's kind of weird that somehow that doesn't like like really mess up their relationship. I mean, I guess just you're supposed because that's kind of the sequence where he goes from uh, being a child to uh, Eric Stoltz. So they kind of skip over whatever kind of arguments they would have had over that. You know, they have that one scene where the guy's just like, oh, you still don't like, you know. He's like, well, we took care of the dog. You know, there was no suffering. Yeah, they even tells him he killed the dog, which he finds out he didn't. That always, lying bastard. That's like the worst thing you can do is tell right? a kid that I've always liked that scene when he refines the dog. It's like here's a here's Eric Stoltz crying over a fucking ugly puppet, you know? I think that's acting. You know, that's fucking acting. Yeah. That's an ugly puppet. Yeah. It'd been a long time since I've seen this movie and you know, I forgot ninety five percent of it. I remember that damn dog. I, I don't know if it just traumatized me as a kid or what, but I remember that, that nasty tongue hanging out the side, you know, the gangly eyeball just, like, yeah, it's all out the there. Eyeballs. It's trying to, like, slurp its yeah, food out and of it. It's making a nasty fucking Like soup. fucking biscuits and gravy. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, yeah, so, so out of this whole movie, that's the one thing. The one thing I remember is that damn dog. Yeah. Fucking touching. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, uh, I mean, well, maybe we can talk about our characters really quick, like our main characters and what their, their goals are in this movie. That'll, like, illuminate the plot here where they're going. <laughs> but we've got our main character is Martin Brundle, so he's the, uh, the, the son, test subject. Son of the fly. And his goal in the movie, I guess, is to suffer and eventually become... The fly. The fly, too. So the fly yeah. as well. Yeah. The fly. So he can bug a lot of people. So in captivity, he meets... Uh, Beth Logan. Played by Daphne The Dru- Druish princess. Uh-huh. Daphne Zuniga? Vespa? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> princess Vespa. From Spaceballs. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, that cracks me up. And she is a maintenance worker? She works at night. Yeah. She's a janitor. All, only maintenance are working at night. <laughs> So she's like... But it was like data maintenance, wasn't it? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> she was fly fishing. It wasn't like... Yeah, because she's bored. Yeah. Fly fishing she was fly office. fishing in the She's a real country gal. Can you grab one second? The, uh... I mean, they strike up a relationship, I guess, because of the only... Is she the only, uh-huh. like, uh, girl of approximately the same age that he's ever met? I'm going to go with yes. Yeah. Uh, that works in this laboratory... And so then, you know, he's just kind of giving her clearance to this top secret project that he's working on. And like, hey, you can help me work on it. Mm-hmm. She's a maintenance engineer. Well, he's never had friends. He's looking for a friend. Yeah. He's or he's more a... than that. Well, From he's five. Chicken brown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When you're five, you want to, you know. <laughs> yeah. Once you read that, read hey, that page. So a touching love story takes place between the two of them. It's not really touching. Mm. It's just like something to mirror the Gina Davis. Yes. Like, uh, yeah. Yeah. We uh, have to have Jeff someone that you, Because you need someone who can break down in tears whenever your main character's going through this transformation. He's turning to a monster. She has to be like, oh my god. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, 
this? What can I do? But it's Jesus never Christ. done with the same no. kind of resonance of the first movie, right? Because I think that that was oh, like they got that weird Katie Lang dance. I mean, that's it, right? They they dance the, the montage. They, right? they dance uh, the yeah. Katie Lang, the meet cute montage. Yeah, she kind of helps. Yeah. He like pushes buttons, looks at her. She looks at him and shakes her, shakes her head. No, <laughs> you know it's like that's the science <laughs> of this movie. Yeah. <laughs> she shows him music by putting earphones on his head. You know? yeah. I've she never should... heard this before. What outside yeah. world? <laughs> that's right. Because did we establish he doesn't get out? He's basically no. the property of Bartok. Bartok. Case, so even he's... though he doesn't realize it, so never that's what I'm getting. It's like so. Wait a second. You realize how the corporation fucking fucked up your dog, but you're okay with it. You realize how you can't leave anywhere, but you don't realize how you're like... Because he like, doesn't know any different. That's it's, that's... What is that, that Munchausen syndrome? Right? Yeah. Munchausen? Yeah. It's Munchausen syndrome. Uh, Munchausen? I don't know. Munchausen by proxy? I'm just throwing terms out. <laughs> well, that's <a> thing. <laughs> Munchausen syndrome. Some kind of megalomania? Yeah. I don't know. So he doesn't oh, know. So <laughs> uh, identify with your captors. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> we don't uh, really trust him. His captors being Mr. Bartok, first name. And the adult. two other scientists that are dicks to him for five years, you know? <laughs> and the, yeah. That fucking lady and yeah. that skinny dude. They're just, they have no patience for this person from the get-go. I always thought that was a little weird. Are we supposed to feel sympathy that uh, the, when they get killed? Spoiler. I don't no. think so. That's supposed to be your Friday 13th, like, all yeah, right. That, that's your payoff. Dickhead scientist, yeah, you know. You knew they were going to get it at the end. So. Yeah. Especially the uh, nerdy guy. He was too much of a dick. Mm-hmm. He'd, like, smile when Martin, like, gets, you know, goes through pain and shit like that. Yeah, yeah. That's what you know. You're sitting there watching this movie, and you're like, "Why are these people just such douches?" Hurry up and turn into a fly. That's something. (laughs) Fucking kid. I guess right. We're just waiting for this fly thing to come around. I mean, the father figure. You know, I mean, he's initially like, you know, we're going to give you your own room, and you know, we're not going to, you know, as you grow up and mature, you know, it's like, you know, you're going to get a little more freedom and personal space and all this other stuff. Which is revealed to be a lie eventually. It's like all this guy wants is for him, uh, Martin, to turn into a fly creature and then to study it. <laughs> That's his entire goal in life. How this is going to help him sequence the human genome, I don't know. Because like after you become a fly, you can't really solve the whole mystery of teleportation. Well, because that way they're moved, they're already moved on to like Gene's place. And you're like, oh, I don't think they're that worried about yeah, being a Maybe he wants to... like. Make an army of fly guys for sure, and sell it to the government. <laughs> Basically, yeah, it's going to turn into like island of Doctor Moreau sort of thing. You create yeah. a new, uh, you know, military man. You want leopard people? <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's kind of what the third fly was. The curse of the fly. They made the a third one. Yeah, the oh Curse yeah. of the Fly. Oh, okay. But that was more about like yeah, yeah that's what it turned more into like gene splicing, which I think that's you know what this whole series turned more into in a mm-hmm. weird way. It's like a, uh, it's the, well, at least the first one I always read is kind of like, you know, it's the allegory for finding the atom bomb, right? 
man finds this uh, technology, which is awesome, and you know, you know, can break someone down and rebuild them or tra- teleport them, and it's like we have to fear it. <laughs> and so, at the end of the first movie, I want to say they were like, "This, it, you know, fuck this guy up and turn him into a fly. We have to destroy it." We have to get rid of it. I mean, that's like the 50s way that you do it. It's like if you build this thing, your mm-hmm. technology fucks with you, you destroy it. You don't figure out how to do it better the next time or anything. <laughs> oh. It's like, no, this has to be destroyed. We can't. We've been playing around in God's world, and, you know, only God is the master of his domain. <laughs> Man has no part being there. The remake in this one doesn't really take that same. No way. Yeah, because this is, I, I think, more realistic. Right? I like when Bartok says. You know, he's explaining the scientists like you'll all your scientists will answer directly to this lady doctor, and she'll she'll answer to me, and I I well I just answer to God. Yeah. So from God lips to, from God's <laughs> lips to you, I thought that was genius. Because yeah, Bartok, like I said once again, with that whole controlling the form and function, Bartok is acting as he understands that he's gonna watch this thing turn into a fly like regardless of whether they should kill it or not he's gonna watch this thing turn into a fly no matter if it's a bastard of creation or or whatever you know he's they are uh, taking the next step in uh, finding out basically the next step of human evolution really I well mean, if you add certain yeah. <laughs> alien DNA to it. which is I mean really I mean kind of what we've been doing with food right how are we gonna make apples last in a colder weather where we'll, we'll put like fish cells in it you know shit like that mm-hmm. you know? well i also wonder like you know i mean this isn't a slight on this movie but i mean obviously it's a movie where the corporate guys are the villains you know corporate guys are always the villains i'm like just once i want to see like just for the punk nature of doing it i want to see the movie where the corporation saves the day and not that I agree with this, but I'm like, as a movie, it would be like, that would be a shocker, right? I'm like, oh, the corporate guys are actually good. Well, it's Kremlins too. Yeah, oh, Kremlins too. Yeah. yeah, Clamp. Clamp. Yeah. Uh, yeah, where you're like, Clamp's obviously the dick in this movie. Cause exactly. He's the guy at the top. No, he's actually kind of cool. Yeah. You know, like, he's just happy about technology. Yeah. And rounding out our cast, not that we're done with these guys, but we'll come back to them, but rounding out our cast is the super douche, the uh, mean janitor, guy. Scoby. Yeah. <clears throat> is he a janitor? No, he's security a security guard. guard. Security guard. At one point, so this guy does nothing but fuck with our lead characters in a way that's like, you what? know, well, there's no, there's no human resource department at this place. Yeah, Definitely. Because I mean, he's sexist. He's misogynistic. He's mm, he's, uh, he's watching their their, their homemade porns. <laughs> <laughs> he's just basically an asshole for the sake of being yeah. an asshole. He's so, like TV bad guy. Yeah, yeah. The so, first scene, his first scene, like because because we don't see him this whole movie. Not even when he like maybe he would have like done something if we'd seen him like like catch young. Martin Brundle when he like breaks into the different security, but we only see him when Eric Stoltz comes to the play, and his first scene is like, "Look, it's Bartok's little pet." You know, it's just like, okay, this guy's just like classic '80s bad guy. Just, I hate that jerk. But don't worry, 
he'll get his. Yeah, yeah, yeah one of those days are going to come, and he's playing with a little taser gun. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so this is like the rule of drama, as we were talking about, I think, before on one of these shows. If you show a gun in the first act, you have to pay it off in the last act. So the the fact that the this guy's introduced with this uh, uh, taser, taser. taser. It's like, okay, this taser is going to be like a big fucking deal like later mm-hmm. on. Right? I mean, somehow, is there a payoff to that? Yeah, well, sh- yeah, like for <laughs> a second. <laughs> they use They the use taser, it. But it wasn't like, you know, like that yeah, it was wasn't a like, cool scene. Yeah, but, it wasn't like it ended everything, like caused yeah. an explosion or something I mean, like that. head explode. Yeah, exactly. Like I'm going to hold on to this, put you in water, and tase this. Yeah, exactly. That's kind of disappointing by that. Yeah. <laughs> And, and it was like one of the worst falls too. When she got tased, she was like, "Oh!" And she like falls into the computer so lightly. The end set of this movie, end set of this movie, the big uh, like corporate room where all this shit happens. You know, where the, the lab. Mm-hmm. Remind anybody else of Halloween three? It was like it's sequel lighting. <laughs> it's like you guys uh, earlier. You guys said this movie had eighty stank. It's like no, it has sequel stank. It has that. <laughs> we'll only pay this much money to get yeah. it done. Most of it better be in like yeah, daylight gonna... with all the lights, or at night with all the lights on. There's like no shoot dramatic it on one lighting. Set. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's one set for seventy five percent of this movie. But it's a soundstage, so it's huge. It's a big room with uh, electronic components like scattered oh, about. It's not like crowded together. It's like all wide open, like you see in, I guess, like eighties and nineties, like movies. I'm trying to think. Like, eighties uh, <laughs> and nineties movies, isn't it? Like when? They, well, I mean, like I'm thinking specifically of that the lab, you know, where they have the Stonehenge stuff in Halloween Three. But I've seen this in like something else where you've got like this big room with like gray, you know, cement floors and cement walls and we've got, like, uh-huh. uh, the, the mainframe computer with the reel-to-reel like, <laughs> yeah. and, you know, nothing else. We have a Species? So, yeah, I, that's yeah. the one that, that I kept thinking of, you know, that this you know, kind of reminded me of was the species, and, huh. you know, because you know, when they have the I believe it's Species 2, right? Where they have the, the look Little girl, wait, right? Wait, you saw species species too? (laughs) (laughs) I thought species too. They had like a guy, isn't there a guy running around? Uh, I don't remember a male alien. Well, species one, (laughs) species one is that the one with the little girl? girl. Yeah, Ben Kingsley is like the Bartok character, yeah, yeah, and that was like a big, you know, laboratory set. They always have to have big laboratories. Yeah. I think that's just how it is. <laughs> 20th Century Fox. <laughs> was Species 20th Century Fox? Oh, my God, if that was not uh, yeah. MGM. MGM, yeah, well. pulled that one out of my ass. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I guess what, you know, you, you pay your money to see this movie because, I mean, obviously it'd be, it's being called The Fly, too. So at some point you're going to get, and it's directed by the makeup effects guy, so you're going to get monster action monster action which you didn't get in the first movie in the first movie you only got like makeup effects mm-hmm. action you got the whole like his face splitting and turning into a fly you know you get a little bit of, but it really saved everything for the last like 15 minutes right mm-hmm. where this is going to give you a good like nope the last half an hour is going to be the fly going around spitting in people's faces but, and- but was it was it good 
I think it was fine. <laughs> it's got like I, said, I, I to it this looked day, pretty stiff to me. <laughs> the 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 vomit drop on that one dude's face. Oh is yeah, he that screaming, was pulling oh, up. That was, good. That was That's like one of the, the best shot. things of the late eighties. <laughs> that was like the best shot of the whole movie. Was with the the acid on the guy's face, and was was you could still awesome. see it like breathing and yeah. screaming at the same time. Uh, I'd second that one. Yeah. It's comparable only to Wolf Cop. Am I right? Nah. <laughs> Isn't there a scene where he rips the guy's face off a wolf cop and you see like <laughs> oh, the yeah. skeleton underneath screaming? But that was more cartoony. This yeah, is fucking yeah. like... I mean, this you actually see... I mean, I've, it's always thrilled me just because you actually see like the melting of the skin yeah. and the opening of the jaw as he's like screaming and he's kind of clutching at, at the flesh and like pulling away. It's yeah. just like, holy the fuck. The payoff for yeah. me though is watching him on the floor... You know, he's still breathing and everything. Yeah, <laughs> they're yeah, like, yeah. they're like, call the medic, call the medic. I'm like, this dude is done. <laughs> There's no helping this guy. He just puts a live after that. Yeah, he can come back. He's gonna come back as Dark Man or something. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I think he can do that. I mean, there is a substantial amount of makeup work on Eric Stoltz, I think, like, through, what do we say, at least 20 minutes of the movie, once he actually begins to transform into Mm -hmm. the fly. So there's, like, these gradual uh, stage increases, which, well, okay, I don't want to compare it to the first one. But, I mean, just looking at this, it's like what they're doing is, like, you know, his eyes start getting kind of sallow and sunken in, then his skin gets a little scaly, starts sprouting weird hairs. Until a point when he's like pretty much in a full body makeup, you know, mm-hmm. going into like a cocoon. So he'll eventually molt and molt into a puppet, like a full animatronic yeah. creature. Yeah. And that's like at the that point where he's, uh, you know, he's he says something to the effect of like, uh, you know, I'm not getting worse. I'm getting better. You know, it's been like I've been deteriorating up until now, but now I know what I'm, what's stronger. happening. I'm getting stronger. I was like an open wound. Which is reminiscent of the first movie, except it seems like, it. you know, you have to have seen the first movie, like, to, because it informs this one, right? I mean, like, mm-hmm. the, this one can't exist by itself because, like, even the vomit drop is, like, a thing which is explained in the first movie. And in this movie... He's spraying shit. Like, if you hadn't yeah. seen the first movie, right, at all, and all of a sudden this guy's shooting white crap at people <laughs> that dissolves their faces, you'd be like, what the hell? Yeah. Right? Because well, you understand how, I mean, even in the earlier scene when they go visit Stathis, you know, he talks about getting his hand melted and his, and his foot melted. <laughs> the bad, the bad on puns. Our, uh, on our, yeah, yeah. On our roundup of characters. Stathis Torrance. Is the only returning character from the first movie. <laughs> so he was a. I'd writer. give my right hand to get. He was a. He was a publisher of the science magazine that. Particle. G, yeah, magazine. Particle Gina, yeah. that Gina Davis works for. Just pulled that one out of a hat too. I figured out <laughs> what I recognized him from. It was he was one of the attorneys in the Social Network, and then he oh, said yeah? a lot of yeah. Ah. I think he was Jesse Eisenberg's attorney. Oh wow. But he, yeah, he was one of the attorneys, and then he's done a bunch of TV stuff, like Law and & Order. And, so he is still working, still has yeah. a career. Like, I don't well, kind of. I mean, the TV, <laughs> like, he's just done, like, an episode here and there of popular TV shows, but that's where I recognize him, because I saw him, and I'm like, I've seen him, but he's older than yeah. what I saw him in. Yeah. 
Well, he's the recipient of the original Fly's, like, worst mm-hmm. and most hideous, I think, makeup effects, you know, because uh, the fly spits up on his hand and melts yeah. it, spits mm-hmm. up on his leg, and is about to spit up in his face. And that kind of made me think about in this one, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. Vomit drop is this thing that a fly, like, spits up to dissolve mm-hmm. its food before it eats it. Exactly. But this creature doesn't do that. It uses it kind of like, just you see a, the, a the raptors in yeah. Jurassic Park, or not the raptors. The one that gets yeah. Dennis. <laughs> yeah, you just spit as an yeah. offensive kind of thing. But um, Just remember that when a flyer lands on your burger, yeah. and you take a bite of it, <laughs> the fly has, <laughs> the puked, fly on has puked on your on your burger. Yeah. Stathis is in this movie uh, crazy? I don't know. Like you He's a draw. Kind of, mm. I'm still trying to figure out exactly what Eric Stoltz... Uh, Expects to, you know, at the point where he leaves Bartok, Eric Stoltz's character, leaves Bartok, you know, like, and flees, you know, he's got the disease and he's, like, searching for a cure. So he tracks down this character from the first movie and you're like, but what is he Eric Stoltz knows, like, the computer tells him basically what the computer explains to Seth Brundle in the first movie that, oh, you can swap out your mutant DNA with the healthy DNA of a, of a second uh, person and just, like, leave all the uh, mutated crap with them. But he's like, no, I can't do that. I can't take a life. So I think he's trying to find out maybe if his father knew another way, but, you know, he pretty much just learns Noah's father figured out the same thing, that if he, like, he could, like... Actually, I'm trying to think now. Did he get that did he get that information from the computer, or he had to go to Stathis to get that information? No, because Stathis just to... told him, "Oh, your father was gonna like just your father just went crazy and was gonna, you know, splice him with your mother and you." Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he be knew one that. perfect like you know. He thing. knew he needed you know because he was like full like human when he was finding out that he needed. You know, another DNA to swap out his bad DNA. And when he went to the guy's house, you know, he was already deteriorating. I'm trying to think if this violates the whatever was set up in the original movie. I know, like, as I was watching this tonight, I was thinking, like, this is the one real addition to the fly mythology that the first movie skimped out on, right? The first movie explained to us, like, What's going to happen here is this fucking guy has got this idea that he's going to take you, me, and the baby and put them all in the same <laughs> pod and then come out the other side as like one in one body. More one human body. than I am myself or whatever, right? <laughs> and you're like, that's fucking horrible. <laughs> and then, of course, you know, Stathis comes to the rescue and shoots the you know telepod when it's happening. So we never get to see what happens. Mm-hmm. So this movie is like, we're going to show you what actually happens. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, I don't know if that was what was going to happen, right? That it was going to, because you'd think that the mutant DNA would still be in, in this, you know, this new life. It was just going to be more human to cancel out. Right. The fly. But this movie says you can just take another person, another human subject and gene splice it with you and transfer the DNA, the mutant DNA into the other person. 
I think it would work, but you still need that third pod. That's the only problem right. with this one. Oh, you need, you need right. that third pod. <laughs> you yeah. can't just like suck them in, and then somehow it, it gives it all to the asshole. Like, oh, I know the Bartok's the bad guy. Let's give him the fly uh, DNA. Right. Yeah, that was kind of random. It was like, well, I'm glad the the right person yeah, got yeah. the bad DNA. Yeah, fifty fifty <laughs> chance of coming out at the right end on this one. Uh, You're right. Holy fuck! I totally forgot about that. He had a third pod yeah. in the first movie, and they totally. Fuck that up. <laughs> ah, interesting. So I guess, you know, Eric Stoltz, you know, the backup, he goes into the, the cocoon, which is this big, like, uh, it sits on a table in a room that really doesn't have very, it has lax security and uh, little quarantine measures because <laughs> it's all pus, full of pustules and oozing and sitting there. We're waiting for the fly creature to erupt from it at some point. And uh, when it does, of course, it's this, you know, Chris Wallace puppet. Yeah. And so this is the thing where I was like, I, I guess I got to tell you, I know you, you said you like this, but I was like kind of sitting there going like the design of the thing, maybe because they show it so much looks, you know, it looked to me kind of robotic and very animatronic and very puppet like. And I was just sitting there comparing it to the first one. Where it's like, I know that they barely showed up, right? Oh, I mean, basically, mm-hmm. the Brundle fly and thing it just flops out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, no, right. It, it like does. limps after Gina David. I mean, it really doesn't. I mean, it's all close ups. It's all, you know, they tried to do a lot with this puppet. You know, they this tried one, to have it. Fly make, two. Yeah, Fly 2, they really tried to make it more of an action puppet, you know? Yeah. Which, I mean, I'd have to say, I'm sorry, everybody out there that hates CG. Well, here you go. This is the movie why why they created CG. It's like, oh, that way, yeah. that way you don't have to show the top half of a puppet and the bottom half of a puppet separately. Yeah. You know? There you go. Yeah, because I just thought the puppet was very, st- very stiff and, you know. It just kind of turned. Very robotic. It was like. Yeah. Eh, eh. It didn't seem to have a whole lot jaws. of articulation no. in the face. I was kind of sitting there going like, well, would you give it some kind of humanoid appearance so you can at least see Eric Stoltz yeah, in the that, sculpt. That there would be some human It was in the eyes feel to it. I mean I guess you didn't see Jeff Goldblum in the the fly creature from mm-hmm. the original movie, but somehow I mean just the way that, that those scenes at the end of the fly were orchestrated, there was like an emotional weight to them, you know, that it was kind of missing from this. It's like in the the original fly the special effects were serving the like now it's, you know, he's completely lost his humanity. That's what we're underscoring because he's yeah, a fly. Yeah, because he's attacking the woman he loves. Yeah. You know, yeah. he's like, he's a dude that's driven mad, basically. Like, the fly is taking over his own mental capacity. Where in this, I mean, this is, this is Martin Brundle taking revenge on the people that have, like, treated him like a science project. You know, this isn't the fly from the fly one you know this isn't a dude being driven mad by the fly insect politics this is insect <laughs> politics <laughs> do you think like the budget for the movie had anything to do with that like maybe i mean i would think they would have a bigger budget for the first one than they did for this one so maybe they just kind of had to work with what they have but yet because it was the makeup guy that directed it he wanted to showcase and show off as much as he could I think they had to be part of the the, the deal, right? It's yeah. like we're going to do a sequel to The Fly. This time, there's going to be more fly. Yeah, yeah. you know. And so, yeah. we're plus, just... we'll give you a, a nasty ass looking dog and a, yeah. a mutated creature at the end. To... Yeah, 
And so there becomes like eventually the fly thing, puppet creature. I mean, that's unfair to call it that. I mean, that's how they <laughs> accomplish it. But it's the the mutant fly creature eventually gets loose, and uh, does it? It never does get loose in the outside world, does it? No. No. Eric Stoltz does, but they mm-hmm. bring it back to the, the yeah. set, basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He cocoons at the set. Yeah, and he can get loose in the hallways and the stairwells and the air ducts of the set and jump down on people. <laughs> jumping down on people. That's what this movie had. This movie had him on walls, jumping. Yeah. Jumping down. <laughs> the Spider-Man jump. You didn't see that from the first one. There was the same scene of, I noticed that they repeated the uh, the fly jumping through the glass. Just the way he broke into Brundle's apartment at the end of the first one. You're carrying Gina Davis on his he crashed through the glass. And this one, he crashes through mm-hmm. the observatory. Like, flies. Fly movie creatures. They, they <laughs> crash through the glass. They crash through glass. <laughs> <laughs> but that one that hits your windshield just splats. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, uh, but yeah, I guess you're right. You know, now thinking about it, because I was sitting there, you know, again, when I was watching it, I'm like, man, you have to know the first movie to know that, like, the reason, you know, because Eric Stoltz starts to articulate the idea that, like, you should leave, talking to the, the girlfriend, you know, you should leave because it's unsafe for you. And then, but it's never really articulated the same way that the Jeff Goldblum character articulates. It's like, I want to love you, but the insect part of me is becoming more dominant, and insects don't know how to love, and I will hurt you if you stay. Uh, you know, I mean, that's a good scene. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's not like, you know, this movie doesn't come close to that. And it's like, okay, so why is he telling her to leave if he is, like, as you suggested, Travis, he still re- retains uh, that part of his humanity? Because he does, basically. It's mm-hmm. like his whole. I guess the motivation of the creature, once the creature appears, is to get back to the lab and try to run the experiment to remove the, the DNA. foreign DNA. Yeah, because yeah, you can tell he's got still got his human side when the dog comes after him. You know, yeah, he stops and he, and he pets the dog. I fucking love that scene when he pets the dog. It's so funny. The look, the look on that dog's I face. I was waiting <laughs> was for so Sarah McLaughlin to start fucking... singing. Like those fucking sad oh, commercials. 15-minute commercial. Yeah, that was a patient actor dog sitting there as a yeah, puppet thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Any other dog would be like, what the? <laughs> what? No, what Get the this fuck? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. And I feel like, for some reason, I just feel like that must have had the, been the full bodysuit, too. Just the way that dog was looking. Like, I don't think it was just, like, one arm or whatever. I mean, even though you only see an arm reach out and pet the dog. You could have been looking at his trainer. Something. Uh, am I ready to go? Oh, yeah. this thing's touching yeah, yeah, this I'm thing's touching for my cue. <laughs> <laughs> Why can't I leave? Yeah, tell me to leave, please. <laughs> tell me to leave. I hate this fucking thing touching me. Tell me to leave. Yeah. Oh, man. All right. So, yeah, I mean, I guess it, uh, the, uh, you should be talking about, like, how he eventually, like, I mean, because this is what you're hitting the movie for, right? Is the special effects. So, how does he deal with all of these characters in his life that have caused him grief and suffering up until this? Throws them against walls. (laughs) (laughs) You are a bitch. (laughs) You are a deck. Throwing on the stairs. Well, okay, so he deals with the 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 female scientist. Mm-hmm. What did he do to her? He like slashed Slide her up. or something and then hung her up in the ceiling. Hung her upside down on the ceiling. 
So not like a big. Not it was, big it was something for a doctor. It was something for a, the doctor to find. You know, it was one of those. Well, there wasn't ones. any kill shot. I yeah. guess. Yeah. All right, demerit. What happened with the the doctor who was addicted? He got thrown. He got thrown. That's right. That was kind of a cool scene though, where the security guard Scobie, like, opens that door and you see the fly look at him and then throw the yeah. body towards the door that Scobie has to shut. And the guy just hangs there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, this is when the security guards are hunting, of course, yeah. for the escape fly. Where I like it. it's like uh, the CEO or Mr. Bartok's like, I don't want him killed. I want him just contained. So every single guard breaks out like a small machine gun. <laughs> like every corporation right? has the armory, exactly. you know, well, where course. all the guys go to. Okay. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so uh, then you've got Scolby himself. That's him. Uh he gets his back broke. Yeah, they do one of those kind of lame off-screen, like, I'm going to bend you backwards with a cracking sound. Well, they, they did it on-screen. It just showed him going back. Well, that's what I'm saying. The, 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 the scene is, like, cut at his waist, yeah. and they're just pushing him back, going, oh, oh! <laughs> <laughs> it's like, get it? So we're saying that and Jason then, Voorhees has done this better twice. Yeah. Once in the bed. <laughs> and then he gets thrown sure. ragdoll style <laughs> right on the floor. Yeah, that was supposed to be a joke where <laughs> where Bartok is is yelling for him and then he comes flying. I see what you did there. <laughs> Bartok. Wait, is there another one that gets uh There was a other security guy, which is the other awesome death scene where he gets trapped underneath the uh elevator, elevator and his the elevator uh, squashes his head. Right, yeah. That was pretty fucking badass. Yeah. And then the one security guard accidentally shot the other scientist guy, the Tribble or whatever his name was. Oh, yeah. yeah. Not a big makeup effects moment. No. It's not an exploding head. Exploding no. head by elevator. No. And then... Yeah, and then oh, we, himself, well, we already right? talked about the, the guy getting spit on his face. Yeah. Yeah. See, I think that's your... That that's was... Your gore. You, they yeah. used up their rated R gore moments in the, in the face melting and the elevator head squashing. I can't remember what happened to Bartok. Oh, he, oh, he, into he the, went into the yeah, chamber. He got right, switched yeah. out. Then he, he gets to turn into the fucking... He, like, replaces the dog yep. with Bartok, which I thought was, like, a beautiful... Like, that's how you write a script. <laughs> you know, this dude fucks you over, you know... Breaks your heart. Transforms your dog <laughs> into a fucking mutant. So then in the end, you turn him into his own a medicine. Yeah, dude, that's and awesome. And you give him his own uh, biscuits and gravy. His own scientists are looking and down at him, studying him the same way they were slot. the dog. You know? yeah. I think that's poetic justice. It's just, you know, again, I was sitting there going, like, I get what they're going after. It's like, this guy, don't, the lesson is don't be a douche. But then, right. but so then they kept him. The ultimate thing too is not only did he transform him into this decrepit beast like the dog, but then they put him in a cage where everyone's just staring at him constantly, which is what Eric Stoltz went through his entire life: just people staring, no. and watching yeah, him, and talking. Him the, uh, which I have to say is, to a, science I thought was a better. I don't know uh, when he turned into that fly. DNA mash guy that's crawling on the floor. Like maggot, kind of. Yeah, was more impressive than the actual fly animatronic character that was walking around. Mm. Oh. The rod puppet. 
That's how they did those legs, yeah. I'm guessing. I was looking at that, like, when it's stomping down the hallway and the camera's mm-hmm. falling behind him, like, there's a track overhead, and there's <laughs> these guys, like, get that thing right there, poor Ford, gracias. Yeah. One other thing I wanted to ask you guys about the CEO or his motivation for something. But I don't remember what it was. Anybody else have any? Who's to control the world? Huh? Who's to control the world? Because he's a CEO of a big corporation. That's mm-hmm. what they do. They just want to. They want to rule God. the world. Yep, that's yep. exactly what he's So doing. lessons learned from this movie? Don't be a douche. Yeah. Don't play God. Don't play God. Don't play God. And don't have sex with a. You can do that. Science page. <laughs> you can do that. That's fine. <laughs> We're okay with that. And that was also like one of the things we're like, what? Uh, well, there are two things that made me go, what, in regards to the relationship with the girlfriend. One was that, you know, she and Eric Stoltz eventually fall in love, have an intimate moment. It is recorded by the, uh, the, the, the keepers, and she's fired, moved to somewhere else because she had sex with him. I'm like, wouldn't you keep her around them? Because at yeah, least right? she gives him a motivation. If he's happy, yeah. then he'll continue to produce. Am I and, just evil? That's the way I would do it. And then it, <laughs> would she be pregnant with another fly baby? The fly three. <laughs> the fly yeah, three. Pregnant with the fly three. Fly three. And the other moment which uh, caused some, I think, unintentional uh, laughs was uh, that when when Eric Stoltz saw the dog, he was very emotional and grief-stricken about it, uh, the girlfriend walks in. And he's like, "Don't talk to me! I don't want to see you." Because <laughs> like, he was thinking, yeah, he was thinking was... that those people in that sector were okay with like just looking at specimens yeah, like she... that. Uh, yeah, kind of. Because I was like, I was like, man, he just went on a tangent for nothing. <laughs> yeah, no, I think he, <laughs> no, like, that totally escalated quickly. That. No, that was totally <laughs> for something. Oh, okay. He kind of thought if he thought if he thinks these other scientists are dicks. I'm he going thinks home. That she's, she is too, by, yeah. by association. Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. Right. You know, she's looking at the dog. Uh, yeah, not, not to mention she had sex with the five-year-old. I know. I was waiting for that to get brought up. So it was kind of... <laughs> yeah, but she doesn't know that. That's actually Martin's, like, bag. Yeah. <laughs> He's a very intelligent five-year-old. Yeah. yeah. Run up quickly. So what is he? he doesn't sleep. He has photographic memory. Super kid, super kid, super kid. Uh, anything else on the fly too? Before we go and summon Igor, 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 Igor. Where are you at, sir? Masters, masters, the mail. I've got the mail. So many letters. Our followers are rising, rising. All right, thank you, Igor. Uh, now it's let's see what do we Damn, have here. Igor, <laughs> we've got. Uh, there's like a he leaves like a, a stank. Dude, I'm telling you, it's yeah. like a stank bad. Uh, first uh, item comes to us from Facebook. Again, you can get a hold of us Facebook.com/slash Saturday Night Freak Show. Frequent uh, listener Dom Cree says he was chatting with a dude from Canada at work, and the first thing he wanted to burst out saying after he heard his accent was "hoser." Suffice to say, he didn't. But they got to chatting about the movie, all courtesy to listening to the Saturday Night Freak Show Strange Brew review. We should say Dom is from Australia, so hopefully, Dom, this isn't the first Canadian that you've met. And I'm (laughs) glad that the Saturday Night Freak Show could be the lubricant in interpersonal, international connections. Weird. 
By the way, I'd like to say hi to Dom as the the other fellow uh, (laughs) contributor to Facebook. (laughs) Well, there's a new one, uh, Jacob Kotner. Thanks for listening, Jacob. He says, I love your show. So, Jacob, there's a shout-out to you. Thanks for checking out the Freak Show. We hope that you uh, write in some more often. The good word is spreading. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so time for Fly 2 wrap-ups. You. And that's me, uh, because I'm in the chair. (laughs) Uh, Brent is on his uh, sabbatical, or he's off trying to find himself somewhere in the Himalayas. <laughs> uh, Fly Two. Okay, so um, I mean, this is—I wouldn't call Fly Two a good movie. That's not necessarily a bad thing, but I mean, there's. Well, it isn't. There is. There's. You can be a good bad movie based on how well you deliver like certain exploitation elements. This is a a cash grab movie, right? The Fly made money. So as a corporate, as 20th Century Fox, we're like, we need to make more of that money. We got to hit that well. Those people who came to the first one, they'll come see a second one. So what can we do? And it just feels in some ways that they are remaking the first one. I, I mean that by the fact that it seems like they're dealing with this problem throughout a good hour of the movie of trying to figure out how to solve something with the technology that Jeff Goldblum solved halfway through the original movie. So that we have to like reverse and then try to figure out how to get like, you know, the, uh, the, the teleporter to actually work. Um, and then the new thing that you're introducing is what was left unfinished in the fly. You know, the idea of merging the, the creatures together and seeing what that special effect would look like. Um, I thought Eric Stoltz did a good job. I mean, he's required to be, sensitive and sympathetic to your, you know, you're watching this guy go through this experience. He, you know, he, he plays it, I think pretty well. I don't really have a problem with any of the actors, uh, except, uh, I think, you know, it's the writing that's a problem. It's just making these like, you know, cardboard characters where like you're an asshole because you're written that way. Yeah. You know? yeah. I mean, it's like, you can't tell why a guy is thinking, you know, uh, that why I'm doing this. It's just I'm doing this because that's part of my character is to be just a jerk. And this is what jerks do, and so I'm just going to continue to do it. Budget scripting 101. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I was disappointed by the fly make. I mean, if the movie is going to be like a, uh, you know, a make a, a monster movie mayhem kind of thing, we get some of it. I think, like, the face melting thing is a highlight of it, but the... Uh, the actual rod puppet monster, I was like, is it the design or just the articulation or the way that it's lit? I think it comes down to like all three. Uh, Do you think it could have been done better with like in that time period? I think they did it better in the first movie. Oh, okay. But that's tricky to say because he wasn't jumping around. He wasn't. Yeah. He didn't have six arms. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, they weren't, it wasn't as, it wasn't, the, the thing in the first movie wasn't supposed to do that much, so they could probably, you know, mm-hmm. get away with it in a better way. I mean, this was going to be like, I mean, I suppose like the aliens of the fly, right? Now we're going to have them all over the place, Man. jumping off of walls and all that stuff, but um, I don't think they pulled that off sufficiently. Um, I mean, I think Chris Wallace as a director, I mean, I just don't think that he is a good director i think you're sitting there kind of going like well at some point we're going to get to the makeup stuff and you know we'll be able to do that and you know that's what his company does but 
I mean, we didn't really have suspense. We didn't really have uh, drama. There's a lot of, you know, like guys walking around and this thing going like, he's up on, you know, he's up on the floor above you and he's coming down to your location and, you know, just kind of yelling things at each other. But uh, that's not to say that it isn't without its amusing moments. I mean, it's decently produced. I have seen worse movies. I have, you know... um, there's little bits here and there that are kind of, you know, I mean, they're, they're okay, but when I say go out and see it, it's, uh, it's one of those things where it feels like if it had more, if it had been pushed a little further toward like, you know, bonkers craziness, like somewhere in there, like this makeup effect just went crazy. You're like, what the fuck are they doing this for? Or something. It would have been like, you got to check this movie out. But so much of it is just, you know, killing time to get to the creature that I think uh, I would say you have to pass. <laughs> Jenny. Well, I didn't hate it. Um, I mean, I was, I was enter- it was entertaining. If you liked the first movie, I would say, why not watch it? There's a lot of people, like I know Travis really, really likes the first movie, so I, if that's the case, yeah, watch it. Um, I mean, it's nothing spectacular by any means, but it wasn't, it was entertaining, I think. I don't know. I probably wouldn't watch it again, but I saw it once, so now I can mark that off my bucket list. But, um... Maybe next time with two eyes open. Hey. (laughs) Hey. Um, but, yeah, I, I... I didn't hate it, and if you like the first one, I would say check it out. Nick. All right. Um, as a as a fan of the first one, um, this one I I just doesn't stand up to the what the first one was. Um, I felt like it was, you know, as Colin I, Colin said, it was more of a cash grab uh, deal to where they're like, all right, we need to, you know. We made money the first one. Let's get with the second one, and let's do it with as little money paid out as possible. And you know, it it felt like it. You know, the whole movie was done on like that one set. You know, it was, it was the one area. You know, they didn't bust out or anything. You know, probably there was probably one other set that was when they were at the hotel or something like that. But other than that, you know, I'm. I, if I want to see a fly movie, I want to see a fly out there in the world causing havoc, not just in a <laughs> flight three, flight three, flight three. Um, it's, I, I was not sold on, on the look of the fly itself. Uh, that's what I was kind of waiting for. You know, the whole movie was like, okay, let's, let's get to the good parts where, you know, this fly is going to come out and he's just going to bust, you know, everybody's ass out here. And he Wait, did you ever see, you see that movie mortal Kombat? Yeah. The lizard. Mm-hmm. Is this, did the fly remind you of like, if they made a puppet of the lizard, because the lizard CG in that movie. Mm-hmm. Don't you remember that? No, like his face with the uh, thing. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. just, just throwing that out there. Maybe not. <laughs> disagree with it. No, I don't see it at all. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I don't. I don't see that. Um. Uh. The 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 creature just did not sell me. You know. I don't know if it was just too clean looking. 
I don't know. It just reminded me of like a creature made of pipe cleaners. (laughs) 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 And that's what the. the I've seen that. It's in a movie called Black Roses. Oh, yeah. Just check it out. A pipe pipe cleaner cleaner monster, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Uh,. I, you know, I can't, I can't shit all over the movie, but as, as it stands, you know, if you want to see a good fly movie, see the first one. And if you, if you have time to kill, catch the second one. I wouldn't say go out and watch it, but I'm, you know, I'm kind of on the fence. It, it kept me entertained for the most part. You know, I haven't seen it since probably it first came out. But the the you know like I said the the, the dog scene the, the dog has stuck with me you know all these years I'm like fuck yeah I remember that that, that nasty ass looking dog, um. But I I would say I would say pass on the movie. I would say so, pass. <laughs> I want to remind everybody that the first fly movie had ten minutes of a fly in a waft. You know <laughs> that's it. That's it, you know, so that's why I think this movie is a perfect sequel, because it's like, dude, more fly. Because, I mean, that's what you, I mean, I don't know, imagine, uh, I hate, like, I don't know, the, a lot of the early 80s was always hide the monster, hide the monster, hide the monster, so even though like, these are the times where the monster effects were fucking good, and we were still hiding the monster for the last 10 minutes of the fucking movie. I love it when a monster can be seen, I mean, movies like Pumpkinhead and Predator, I like it when you could see a monster and really, really look at it, you know? That's all I've ever really asked of my childhood, is like, I want to see a monster. <laughs> all glorious, whatever, half an hour of it, or, you know, out of a, out of a, out of an hour and a half, you know, getting a half an hour monster is like the least you can ask for. Uh, I have always liked the story of Martin Brundle, just because, uh, I think you do get something. I don't think you're just getting a uh, a uh, duplicate of the original because, like, you know, you get to have that whole what it would be like to be raised as a science project. I think this movie has a lot more to do with that than it doesn't even focus on the love story. I mean, it, it tries to in a weird way, which is to its, like, you know, to its detriment, I suppose. But at the same time, I think you get a lot of that whole... You get a lot of that, you know, if a, if your father was a monster that created this great, like, invention, and you're the son of this person that you'll never get to know, and then Bartok acts as if he's your father and that he cares, and then in return, when it turns out that he just wants you to turn into the same monster his father was, I don't know, I just think this script, this script has a lot more than I think in it that I think the makers like even really paid attention to or definitely it could have used some dramatic lighting but (laughs) I think that's the only problem but like to me Poltergeist 2 reminds me of the same thing I mean this is what a sequel in the 80s look like it's like turn all the lights on you know we don't have enough money to go (laughs) dim lights you know let's turn the lights I mean I don't know, 80, 80 sequels looked a lot brighter. Or maybe it's because we were getting into the 90s where they turned all the lights on anyway. That's still happening. You should see The Descent, too. Yeah? It takes place underground, fully lit. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. 
So it's just like, you don't see the descent too. Oh, <laughs> first, one, first one was great. Yeah. That's what it is. Like, the first one was great. Maybe we should show more, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like but, uh, I've always liked the creature design in this movie. It's weird. I've always studied it. It's a, it's a weird design. Because it's not, he doesn't look, because, I mean, the first movie, I mean, he looks like a giant fly. Mm-hmm. Or in this, he, you know, actually looks like a hybrid of a human and a fly. You know, he actually looks like that hybrid that that uh, we didn't get to see. Uh, I'm not saying it's exactly what a human fly would look like, <laughs> but, you know, he's got six arms. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I mean, I'll always be a fan of this movie just because, I don't know, the more fly, the merrier to me. I, it makes you know, sense. I would hope for a fucking remake of The Fly. The Fly's the man. They've been talking about that for a while, I want to say. But... They'd have to make it too much like the Cronenberg. It would, like, lose its luster. Yeah. It just wouldn't be as You've already special. done the definitive one, kind of. They did. Well, they took a 50s movie and, like, made it the shit, you know, mm-hmm. really. When it comes to, like, re- when it comes to like remakes that redefined what a movie is, mm-hmm. The Fly redefines what the movie The Fly is. But let's not forget, Return of the Fly in the 50s just had a bigger fly head <laughs> and a bigger fly arm. You know, arm, so it was, arm. yeah. So, <laughs> you know, this is what Hollywood sequels are, I suppose, right? Mm-hmm. It's just showing more of the monster, <laughs> which I will always appreciate. And I think uh, McFarlane actually came out with the in their movie Maniacs line. They came out with the, the the first fly figure, and I think they came out with like the the chase version of it was the actual second one. Yeah, the second movie. They shot the fly too. There's mm-hmm. a figure. Oh wow! Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I was gonna ask that if there was a. If they'd made like I know there's I know there's the Seth Brundle I'm not sure but yeah I'll tell the, I'll tell the, like look for that one mm. sounds interesting I get it I so it. I love this movie <laughs> fuck y'all <laughs> I didn't hate it <laughs> I, I, I didn't hate it I just you yeah, don't it like can be with a lot of beers it I did have some amusing moments so I mean yeah uh so that's the fly two on the Saturday Night Freak Show next week. Uh, it's my pick, and we're going to be watching another bad movie that I hope is like a good bad movie <laughs> called Star Crash. Wow. And that's next week, uh, or The Adventures of Stella Star, depending on where you are. That's next week on the Saturday Night Freak Show. And until then, the basement is going dark.